Hi friends, my name is Nasra and welcome back to Unfiltered Noggin. On today's episode, I'll be covering part one of the Black Widow of Sacramento and in a few days, I'll be following up with part two. Make sure you turn on your notifications so you don't miss it and let's dive into the case of Dorothea Gray Puente. Dorothea Puente was born on January 9th, 1929. She was born and raised in Redlands, California. Dorothy had a huge family. She was a sixth of seven siblings, and she grew up in a horrific, dysfunctional family. Her parents, Trudy and Jesse, were both alcoholics working, but they didn't make enough money to support their seven children. Trudy worked as a sex worker that would bring clients to her house and even go on long trips to visit them, party, and drink. I don't know if she thought that was a good idea, but it's really not. And... Jesse, on the other hand, worked as a cotton picker. Jesse, Dorothea's father, was an alcoholic as well, and he didn't even care for the kids kids that much. He tried to commit suicide, and he failed. However, he did pass away from tuberculosis when Dorothea was just eight years old, which leaves Dorothea to be cared for by her mother. At the age of nine, Trudy, Dorothea's mother, passed away from a motorcycle accident, which led Dorothea in and out of orphanage care homes. Like I said, she had a dysfunctional childhood. Not only does she have to cope with the death of her parents and the abuse from such a young age, but getting thrown into different care homes at the age of nine can really mess up your mental. She had a hard time building friendships because she was always on the move. And when she was in some of these care homes, some sources allegedly said that she did endure some sexual abuse. Dorothea eventually moved permanently in Fresno, California with some families and relatives. And once she became an adult, she started to lie about the way that she was raised and her upbringing. For example, she would lie to people about having 18 siblings and being born and raised in Mexico, which is a lie. When Dorothea was 16 years old in 1945, she married a 22-year-old soldier named Fred McFall. At this point, she was living in Washington, and she was making money by involving herself in sex work, just like her mother. Together, they had two daughters, but they didn't raise them. Dorothea actually sent one of them to, to live with her family, while the other was put out for adoption. Nevertheless, Dorothea got pregnant for a third time in 1948. However, this time she suffered a miscarriage. And after this miscarriage, they, uh, not who's David, Fred ended up divorcing her. After Fred left her, Dorothea fell into deep depression and she started forging checks when she was caught and arrested at the age of 19 years old. She was sentenced to one year in prison for that fraudulent check, but only served four months. And as a part of her trial, she had to undergo a psychiatric assessment to determine what was the reason behind her actions and forging checks and getting caught in a corner store. And according to the psychiatrist, Dorothea did what she did because of her upbringing, having issues with finding friends since she used to be bumping in and out of care homes, which is where the low self-esteem and 
and low confidence plays in. And that's the reason why she stole from that corner store and was forging checks. The psychiatrist also stated that Dorothea might be a repeat offender if she doesn't get some type of help. After she was released, Dorothea was put on probation for a year, but she decided to skip town, and because she dipped without telling her probation officer, it's a violation. So her probation officer had to report her as a missing person. The authorities started an official search for Dorothea Ponce, you know the process, and all of a sudden the police just stopped looking for her. Dorothea relocated to San Francisco and continued her sex work. In 1952, Dorothea married a Swedish dude named Alex Johansson. Once again, Dorothea continued her train of lies, and she would say she was of Israeli descent and that she was an Egyptian Muslim. Lies. But because Alex was a merchant seaman and he was away on these fishing trips, he didn't really seem to notice any of this. Dorothea was so afraid that he would find out about her sex job. So she decided to quit the job, but stay in the same industry, same industry, new position. Dorothea, you see, rented out a property so she could run a brother role instead of taking customers personally. And while she can't just tell the landlord of the building, she's renting it out for a brother role. She said she wanted to open her own library and the landlord believed her. After a while, the landlord became suspicious of Dorothea and her so-called library that she was running and he phoned the police. The cops arrived, found Dorothea and arrested her for running an illegal brother role and so she was sentenced to 90 days in the Sacramento County Jail. Following her release in 1966, 36-year-old Dorothea divorced her husband, Alex Johansson, because there was just too much yelling and arguing going on. Dorothea married a guy named Roberto Poente in Mexico City the same year, 1966, who was around 19 years younger than her. Dorothea and Roberto were married for just two years when Dorothea filed for a divorce. At this point in her life, she left the sex business because she simply desired to attempt something new in a different field that would provide her a decent income. So she's job hunting when she stumbles across a position as a nurse's assistant in private homes. Yes, but Dorothea, she didn't have any prior expertise in the sector. However, she was recruited, and her duty was to ensure that disabled patients and elderly people received their medicine and ate at specific times of the day. And so she loved her position a lot, even though her moving up and getting promoted sounded better. Despite her profession, Dorothea began to recognize at the end of the day, all she had was herself, because all these men were just leaving her so she begins to think rethink her life and what she wants to do for a living until an idea pops in her head in 1969 39 year old Dorothea just bought her own private home on F Street in Sacramento California 
It was a beautiful three-story property that consisted of 16 bedrooms, and it was here that she developed her own care home for alcoholics, homeless people, and the mentally sick by conducting anonymous meetings. She would also take on offenders who were perceived uh, to be a nuisance by others. Dorothy, on the other hand, she was not having the, oh, I won't take you on because you have a criminal record, or I won't take you on because you're problematic. She was not having it. She didn't care. Matter of fact, she just genuinely wanted to help them out. Despite the lack of qualifications and skills she had in education in this field specifically, she was at her new care home, she was basically doing the same thing she was doing at the, at her old job, the nurse's assistant at the hospital. She was basically essentially performing the same thing by administering prescriptions to her tenants, giving them their prescription tablets, and keeping note of what they took when they took their medication. And because of her lack of skills and education, she was barred from taking on patients with extreme needs. This story, this three-story home featured a basement, a first ground floor, and a second floor. Dorothea secured the entire top level for herself. It was, her bedroom was there and she had an office that was full of phony certificates in case someone came by and requested for her medical credentials. In this case, a lady does visit Dorothea's care home once a month to check on the tenants, not her credentials. Dorothea even kept cupboards full of prescription tablets and syringes in her house, despite the fact that she can't even use them. She's just trying to portray the impression that she has the credentials by decorating her house with items that that are found in a hospital. It would just be hard for someone to question her since it kind of does make her look like she is a licensed professional because in other people's eyes, if she wasn't, why would she have all these types of stuff? But nobody knew that she wasn't a licensed professional. Hence, this is why this business is going so, so long. The ground floor of the three-story house was for higher-income people that were willing to pay more. The higher-income folks had their own rooms with a bathroom and a TV in it, nothing else, nothing special. The basement, on the other hand, was reserved, rented out for lower-income folks, and you would think they, uh, they would at least get their own room. But no, it was basically one big room with a slew of single beds divided by curtains, similar to your hospital stay. However, because Dorothea was allowing these people, individuals, to remain at her care home, there was some ground rules they had to obey. For example, giving up all of their federal and state disability security checks to Dorothea. This was done not to only pay for their stay, but also because Dorothea wanted to handle their money since many of them were alcoholics who kind of needed guidance to ensure they didn't overspend. She was earning more and more money from her new business. She was getting 
more social outside, building her reputation, confidence, and most importantly, working on her low self-esteem. The more money that came in, the more she was splurging. She was just living this nice, flashy lifestyle she didn't have growing up. She was very well-liked in the neighborhood, and everything was going so great for her. Her new business was bringing in more money every single day. Well, not day, every month, whatever, or every two weeks. And on the outside, she was becoming more social and getting, getting out of her hole. While she was out and about, not only building her, you know, confidence and such, she was also lying, of course. She's lying. We're back to this. She would tell people in the community that she was a former actress who had all the connections to famous celebrities. I mean, the list goes on and on. And you're probably wondering, well, Nasra, she's making so much money. Where is it all coming from? It's all coming from the social benefits, the disability checks, yes. She's using her tenants' checks that are coming from the government to splurge outside, buy drinks, expensive alcohol. She even paid for other people's food and drinks. Wow. Dorothea, 45-year-old, met a man named Pedro Montalvo. Montalvo, yeah. Dorothea immediately became fond of him and began bringing him on regular lavish excursions. And like her other relationships, this one was founded on deception. She can like can she at least be honest for once in a while? Like damn. In nineteen seventy six, Dorothea and Pedro ended up getting married and tying the knot, which makes Pedro her first, her fourth husband. And just like her other three marriages, this one fell apart. Instead of divorcing, Pedro ended up fleeing Dorothea because he accused her of stealing federal and state checks from her client, her from her tenants, renter, same thing. And that he didn't want to be, he didn't want to like take any part in it. So he just left. And Dorothea continued to operate her care home for the following few years until she was caught. And you see what happened was one of Dorothea's tenants were out and about and the tenant got arrested. The tenant told the police that Dorothea was signing their federal and state checks and so the cops were like how is that possible we need to look more into this Dorothea Puente and so they did and they realized that not only was she signing this man's check in jail but also 30 plus tenants which totaled over four thousand dollars in 1978, Dorothea was caught and arrested for cashing 34 federal and state checks that belonged to her tenants, and she was given five years on probation. Just like the last time, though, she had to undergo a psychiatric assessment, and this time, the doc, the psychiatric psychiatrist didn't say she had she's suffering from low esteem 
this time she was diagnosed with unspecified schizophrenia. Schizophrenia. But because she was arrested with stealing 34 checks from her tenants, she had to give up her care home. So she was apprehensive at first, but she persevered because she knew at the end of the day, she would be able to re-enter the sector. And by this, I mean caring for people in their own homes. But she realized she needed a new appearance in order to accomplish so. Her objective was to appear as innocent and trustworthy as possible. And as a result, she made herself appear older. She would dress like an elderly senior, let her gray hair grow out. And at this point, she was still in her 50s, like she was like 53. But to go with the plan, she said she was 70. She would wear these big glasses and overall her plan was just working out in her favor. In 1982, Dorothy was 53 years old and she was out and about when she met a 73-year-old Malcolm. And Malcolm suggested that Dorothea should, you know, they should go back to his place. So they hopped in a cab and they made it to his location. But as soon as he got out the cab, Malcolm realized he was a lot drunker than he thought he was. He was falling around, and bear in mind, this is a 73-year-old man we're talking about. And Dorothea pretty much had to care for him and help him up the stairs. When When Malcolm was at the club, he was drunk, but he was not as drunk when he stepped out the cab. It was like he was intoxicated, but his mind was sober. And he soon realized that Dorothea drugged him so that she can rummage through his possessions and steal what she can steal. And so she grabbed this she grabbed this big red suitcase and started filling it with the most valuable things she found in his household. When she filled it up, she closed it, and she just left Malcolm laying on the couch, drugged up. And as soon as Malcolm was sober and fine, he called the police, police, and they showed up on Dorothea's steps two days later, and she was arrested for drugging. 73-year-old man. While Dorothea was waiting for her court date in three months, Dorothea was worried that she could wouldn't find a stable job career. That's when she had the bright idea to seek assistance from one of her pals named Ruth, who was a 61-year-old lady. In April of 1982, Ruth's husband had terminal cancer and it was getting worse day by day. And this was having a huge influence on Ruth's Ruth's emotional intelligence. She's watching the love of her life slowly die and she really can't do anything about it. And Dorothea could care less about her husband dying. She did not care one bit. But Dorothea told Ruth, why don't you come stay with me at the Odrika's house where I do my cleaning responsibilities and she was a housekeeper she said 
you know what, the family, the family, Adrika family, they gave me the whole top floor to myself. I live with them and I work for them. So why don't you come move in with me on the top floor? And Ruth was overjoyed by this offer, especially since her husband recently recently died and she really needed some companionship. Her children assisted in transferring her belongings into the Odrika's house, and she was overjoyed that Dorothea was there with her. A few days later, Ruth started showing signs of odd behavior. Her daughter found her asleep on the couch in the middle of the day. She was staring at the wall in her room, and she was spaced out when she was out with friends. And so all of her family and friends knew this wasn't like her, and there's more to this because, yeah, she said about her husband's death, but this was a different type of grief she was experiencing. The next morning, Dorothea had called the Roots children saying their mother sadly passed away, and none of this was making sense because she was just fine before she moved in, and now her health is taking a decline. Like, what? And now... The kids weren't, they weren't having it, so they head over to the Adrika's residence. When they got to the Adrika's residence, they see Dorothea speaking with a coroner who's about to collect Ruth's body, and she says to the coroner that she believes Ruth overdosed and died. But Ruth's children, again, they were like, that's not like my mother, what are you talking about? So the coroner insisted that they should have an autopsy on Ruth's body to determine what caused her death. And so the results came back and was officially confirmed that Ruth passed away from a drug overdose, particularly Tylenol and codeine. Crazy thing about this was no doctor prescribed such prescription to Ruth. So the children of Ruth were alarmed and they went to the police and said that they think Dorothea Puente had something to do with the death of their mother, Ruth Monroe. But since everything was circumstantial evidence and they didn't have real proof that Dorothea gave those drugs to Ruth, the police were no help. Ruth Monroe's death was later ruled a suicide. At this point, we're kind of going back to Malcolm McKenzie since the trial hearing was in a few days. And in the three months, the police were just making sure that Dorothea wasn't getting into any trouble when they stumbled upon three people saying she drugged and robbed them. Dorothea knew this time she was going to go away for a very long time and she couldn't have that. So she decided to book a trip to Mexico and while she was in Mexico she was staying at a friend's house named Dorothea Osborne. The two were having the time of their life until one day Dorothea drugged Osborne and ran off with her possessions just to be caught three days later with Osborne's possessions. When she was caught by Mexican authorities they put her in a holding cell And in the time she spent in that holding cell waiting for her court dates, she decided to plead guilty to all charges against her and she was sentenced to five years in prison. But you see, Dorothea only served three years out of that five-year sentence. When When she was released in 1980, 
five. Puente hired a man named Ismael Flores, a handyman, to put wood paneling in her home. And it was here that her heinous deeds began.